Hello, it's time for another episode of For Your Reconsideration, in which we have a look at a commercial or creative cinematic stink bomb and see whether it's worth another sniff. Or whiff. Uh, I'm losing the metaphor. Never mind. I'm Rob, and here's Simon and James. How are we doing, boys? Oh, God, Simon. Great <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy that one? for that. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, uh, right. I'm right on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the edge. Oh my word! I know because it was my choice this week. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think you know if I you know, spoiler alert. I, I mean, even I'm on the edge. <laughs> it's always the wild card when you when it's your film, Rob. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. This is it because um, listeners, we do this in cycles, so we take it in turns and we go around the cycle. And it became you know after Hard Target three episodes ago, it becomes. My turn again, um, and I didn't go w- want to go with bullets this time. Um, I went for a whole different level of artillery this time. <laughs> uh, but, but never mind that; we'll get there. What have you guys been watching this week? Uh, I've I've been watching loads this week, actually. Uh, so just a quick summary of each: uh, Pet Cemetery rem- remake. Oh, nice! So yeah, I went to see the Pet Cemetery remake. Went to a screening in Leicester Square, which is which was lovely. Uh, it's a wonderfully concise and suitably creepy adaptation of Stephen King's novel, which I'm too scared to read. <laughs> it's really good. Um, really good film. I can't do horror films at all. I could do this one. It was good. It was it was more creepy and, and a bit weird rather than being like straight out scary, freak the shit out. Yeah. Can, can I, cool. I'm so sorry. Can I ask, um, in the trailer, it looked like there was some um, practical effects were there practical effects? Oh, in it? I think it's mainly practical effects. Oh, it's really yes. good. Yeah, because that's so much scarier than CGI. Yeah, it's well. I mean, I'm sure loads of it was CGI, but I certainly didn't notice. Oh. Uh, especially the cat. There's a proper scabby cat in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust cats. You cannot trust cats. Uh, also, no. be watching. Uh, watch the film called I- Ideal Home which is a nice, wholesome story of Steve Coogan and Paul Rudd as two gay granddads uh, looking after... (laughs) It's so good. Looking after... uh, Steve Coogan is a celebrity chef who's... I mean, if you think I've heard of that, you need to have a look at yourself. (laughs) It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, but it's like proper... It's a bit hidden on Netflix. I'm not sure they were... I, I... I, there's plenty uh, of jokes in there. I I was laughing quite quite a lot, especially. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a there's a reference to uh, dances with wolves. What was very very funny. <laughs> <laughs> wicked, wicked, uh, wicked. And then last last but not least, uh, I watched um, the Motley Crue biopic, The Dirt, uh, another Netflix film, ah. which is. As utterly ridiculous as the wigs in the teasers and trailers suggest, uh, <laughs> but it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. I had I had a lot of fun. It's debaucherous and misogynistic, and fucking nuts. But apparently, that's what their life was like in the eighties. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that one out. What about you, James? What have you been on? I got five on it. <laughs> Uh, I went to see Us this oh, week. Nice, yes. I tell you what, loonies have had a touch, haven't they? Oh. I mean, the hottest writer director in the world right now, using your song from what the early nineties oh, yeah. in the marketing. Oh, it's on the three trailer, times isn't in it? The film. Yeah, uh. yeah. Royalty. <laughs> Can we just? I mean, what a song that is. <laughs> oh yeah, it's an absolute banger. Oh yeah, yeah. It's superb. Uh, but yeah, Us is fantastic. I came out and I was like, oh, that that was really good. I really enjoyed that. And then it's just sort of uh, burrowed its way into my mind over the course of the week. And now I'm like, 
actually it was really really amazing so i'm really looking forward to seeing it again it's um it's really sharp it's very creepy i wouldn't say it was scary as such i'm a bit like simon in that respect i'm a bit of a scaredy cat uh but yeah, it was very creepy. It's funny. There's allegorical stuff going on there. There's sharp social commentary and satire. Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, Jordan Peele's like up there now with Chris Nolan and David Fincher for me. Oh, I will follow that praise. dude anywhere. Yeah, yeah, nice, he's superb. Nice. So, yes, I enjoyed that immensely. Cool. Oh, wicked, wicked, wicked. Um, I, yeah, the trailers looked at, 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 like outrageously good for that. You know, yeah, like as in it's you would drop everything to go to the cinema to see that. Um, if you didn't have three kids, <laughs> which was obviously the scenario I found myself in. Uh, I hope your children never listen to this podcast. You blame them yeah, for it's a litany of bitterness. Uh, <laughs> you ruined my life. Uh, yeah, well, aside, you know, on the topic of the three kids, my watching week is usually dominated by watching what um, which Russian children on YouTube have got what toys this week, um, which Niche. is absurd but they've got 12 no i think one of them's got like 20 million followers it's absolutely uh, subscribers <laughs> i mean it's absolutely absurd so i have to watch this kid get a new toy every week which is great um but no actually i deviated this week from that to watch uh, a movie by myself of an evening uh and it's taken me four nights to watch it but i watched uh, duncan jones's source code oh oh wow nice oh, oh, oh. you weren't expecting that yeah, were I was you not expected that. no no oh from deep is that for the first time or yeah first time yeah yeah oh, what do um, you think of it I, it was just, it was absolutely amazing oh it's great yeah it's i like great, that i like it a lot yeah we, we mentioned a few weeks ago how jill and hall is just um he's mr dependable i think actually and I would, you know, and as he gets older, I think he's he's only going to grow more into this uh, role of the absolute everyman for every situation. Um, but be more than just the everyman. He's going to be that chameleonic actor that can do anything, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His range is nuts, isn't it? He can do the lot. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, he took this performance in this film and, um, oh, you'd follow him to the ends of the earth just because the way he was. It was, it was outstanding. I loved it. I really liked it. Really liked it. Yeah, good, um, good. Now, we're about to go on to the movie of the week, but the first thing is, because this pod is out there now, I want to offer an apology because last week, uh, sorry, no, three weeks ago, on the Hard Target episode, I mixed up the Suchet brothers. Uh, I actually said that it was John Suchet. <laughs> he did as well. <laughs> I did not know. I said it was newsreader John Suchet who was double deniming uh, <laughs> <laughs> perpetrators, when in fact it was actually his brother David Suchet who was his Belgian comrade Poirot. I mean, I'd uh, also so- like to see John Suchet do it. <laughs> I think I think we could do with the whole Suchet clan uh, doing the double denim thing. Um, anyway, for huge fans of the the Suchet family, I apologise for the mix. <laughs> uh, and um, well, you are Jean Claude Van Damme's agent. Make it happen. Yeah. Well, I know I, the sky is the limit, John Suchet. If you're listening, just hook a brother up, man. Uh, anyway, without further ado, let's go into this week's movie. Um, this week's movie is oh gosh, I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, it came back to me, so I'm going to say... Click. The most awesome force in the universe, the most powerful device ever created, is now in the hands of one man. Cool. You wanted a universal remote. That remote controls your universe. For me to do those documents, it's going to take me months. And you better get started. Wow, I got a big headache. 
to do. So I can re-experience any part of my life I want to. The remote. Making up. Click it. Is that my parents? They're making you. Get me out of here! Takes control. Sticks broken. He's fast forwarding on its own. What else did I miss? Adam Sandler. You look a little pale there, pal. Let me fix that. Don't get the hug angry. You won't like him when he's angry. Click. Plants catch? Yeah, but your kid stinks. Ah. <laughs> Our regular Derek Jeter right there. One of James's favorites. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be the bad guy on this pod, aren't I? I can feel it coming. The remit, when when we talked about this pod, was we're going to talk about films that deserve a second chance. <laughs> uh, and I thought at the time, no, and I still, <laughs> I purport to suggest that the film Click, starring Adam Sandler, uh, from 2006, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Boys, what did you think? <laughs> oh, God. James has got his head in his hands. Can uh, I start with the box art? Yeah, you start with James, go with the box art. Go for it. Mercifully, we can record this, and I feel usually I'd give a spoiler warning. Now I'm just giving a warning. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've picked this up. I've seen it before. Uh, we'll get into that later <laughs> because we've had a disagreement about this film many moons ago. Um, I'll share with you a little story. So I didn't realise that this was available on my Sky TV subscription. So I toddled off to go and find it in a shop this week. <laughs> and I went into a well-known uh, string of um, second-hand DVD suppliers. And there I found it for 50 English pence. What, did you get paid 50 pence? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. So I had to pick up this sole DVD and take it up to the counter. And the man just looked at me. He looked at me like he pitied me. <laughs> and I would have felt less embarrassed buying a suitcase full of hardcore pornography than purchasing this single DVD. <laughs> the staff at those shops... Uh, they've seen all the films in there, so they are like in the, the <laughs> prime position to be judging any purchase. They are well qualified. <laughs> and, and the front cover is like, it's just sort of, I mean, if you say that the DVD is seven inches long, the front cover is yeah. six inches of Adam Sandler's massive face. <laughs> yes. And then the other bit is the um, is the remote itself in question. And uh, on here we get some we get some jokes. I just did the bunny ears for jokes, so <laughs> just to give the listener an idea of uh, the level of comedy that we're going to find in this particular offering. Is you've got your uh, remote control uh, buttons on there, so you've got play. Under that is golf. There's no golf in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. Parking tickets. Never gets a parking ticket in this film. <laughs> Skip. Hangover. Never has a hangover in this film. <laughs> Slow-mo vacation. No vacation. <laughs> you, you, you see the theme here, aren't you? And uh, my particular favourite is Mute. Mother-in-law. <laughs> Who again doesn't feature in the film at all. Is this, no I mean, so is this a case for false advertising? 
<laughs> this, is, this is a case of a designer who has not seen the film. <laughs> this is Adam Sandler just not giving a shiny shite about what's going out with his face on it. The design of the remote is also different to the design of the remote in the film, isn't it? It is. Is it? Is it? Is it? I have to be honest, I've not looked at the front of it, so I don't, I don't know I've seen it. It's just, I mean, and that for me basically sums that film up. So should we just wrap it up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, mean, well, I have to, uh, like, side, please take this. Because uh, we both really the... like this at university. Didn't when we? I first watched this, you know, I had my opinions and we disagreed with James at the time. Um, <laughs> but let's just get back, roll it back to like the, the sort of, why we're doing this podcast we're trying to milk out the positives and boy do we have to <laughs> pick on those teas to milk out the positives <laughs> rob well, before we do that could i just ask why have you picked this film come on i think you need to bring yeah, no, of course, you need yeah. to stump think, up yeah, it got, <laughs> yeah yeah i've got to front up and um yeah I, i've got to be honest right um when i saw this first time 2006 I don't think I saw it in the cinema. No, I definitely didn't see it in the cinema because that would have been hugely embarrassing. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> no, because the end of the film polaxed me. Absolutely polaxed me. Um, it was a mix of one of the greatest scores I've ever heard that's still not been granted a soundtrack in Rupert Gregson Williams' score for this. Um, apparently, um, another composer, I can't remember the name, left uh, just before um, end of photography and that was supposed to go into studio on this. So... Um, yeah, Rupert Gregson Williams came in and smashed it. His score was outrageous. And uh, the end of the film, just for reasons we will discuss, destroyed me uh, in an emotional sense. And I always thought since then that the message of this film was extremely, you know, while at times clumsily delivered, extremely pure. And um, I always kind of loved it for that. You know, um, and that's why I thought that this needed a second look. I think that's good enough reason to... Thank uh, God for that. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, I, I was just wondering, I, I've, I've always been curious why you guys like it so much. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I was willing to give it a second time, and I have, and I bought yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole... <laughs> I'm in a similar boat to you, Rob, I think, like, I definitely got something out of it the first time and my sort of memory over the years was very kind to it, I think. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I do think there are positives to take from it, things to appreciate about it, which we will discuss in due course, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, um, um, critically, how was this received? So critically, it did not fare thee well at all. So... Uh, <laughs> You As don't you say. I mean, <laughs> the critics do, they do hate Adam Sandler. I think across yes. the board, yes. a lot of people, you know, they really have a bit of disdain for Adam Sandler. I mean, I personally, I, I love his uh, his 90s, the 90s comic, Wedding Singer and The Waterboy are... For me, 90s classics in terms of... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're great. I, I don't want to come across as an Adam Sandler hater. In no, this. no, I no. like Happy Gilmore. I like, really like The Waterboy. Billy Madison. Uh, and, and I think the, Madison, the, yeah. the Wedding Singer is a really sweet and well-judged romantic mm. comedy. I think it's excellent. Yeah, no, it is, it is. And, um, and he's actually, you know, while he has sort of like a, a shtick, he's good in those movies. Yeah, because they they fit 
his shtick fits yeah, the, totally, the setups totally, for those yeah. films perfectly, totally. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, is this a good time to say that Click is an Oscar-nominated film? <laughs> is it? What? I did not know that. What? Yeah. Best support Christopher Walken. <laughs> Which actually sets it aside from all, you know, all yeah. the other films we've done so far. Oh, God. Well, you get, you know, you... you Again, this is what needs to be shouted out. You get good work on bad films. You so, do, yeah, mate. You do, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and I think that that can never be overlooked. Like we were talking about Gregson Williams's score. Yeah. This definitely. score is outrageous in this the film. The score is good. It did strike me as very um, it's, it's very big come the end. Yeah, exactly. It, it really oh, goes yeah. very, uh, very large. But you can't get it anywhere. So if you ever want to listen to it, you have to watch the end of Click to, just to hear it. Yeah, it's not worth it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but on the topic of the soundtrack, the soundtrack's ace. I think the soundtrack yeah. is ace. Apart from U2 over the end credits, which ruins everything. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not a fan of like um, where it's just music, just popular music of the time in a kind of Ah, yeah, I see what you mean, like yeah, that. yeah. T- designed that's to sort a, of generate a reaction. Yeah, that, that's yeah. so, you know, they're having a barbecue and there's a random song on. I mean, you know, I'm, that sort of stuff I'm not that jazzed on. But in terms of the score... It was brilliant. Oh, it's great. Yeah, lovely. not 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 uh, you know not the alternative version of Linger at the end of the, at the when there <laughs> well, was the wedding. We're going to get to that. We will get. Well, to all that right, okay, okay. I love okay. it. I love it. Uh, sorry, I, we totally went off a tangent then uh, on the scores. We did. Rotten Tomatoes has it as thirty three percent. So it's not just rotten; it's an absolute stinker uh, critically. <laughs> I mean, I would say surprisingly, but it's probably not surprising that audience numbers have it at. 66, which is a lot better. Oh, yeah. Which says a lot about Adam Sandler's popularity. Yeah, definitely. The interesting one, though, was on Metacritic. So Metacritic is similar to Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how it works in terms of its algorithms to make it different, but I do find quite a lot of difference on there between Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It's 45 on Metacritic, which is still bad. But uh, it's, it's less better bad. Than, less it's bad. better than thirty three percent. But I think I found why it's quite good. I'm obviously not going to go to the whole review, but this is from uh, Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh. one of the best American films of the year. Five stars. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! That's like the, one of the. I mean, that is the stand. You would put that on the front of every DVD box you ever made. I think that's what so, he was going for. He must have been going for with that uh, five stars. He also gave Tommy Boy five stars, which was, out, uh, was that in the nineties? Was that like yeah, David yeah, Spade? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he gave that five stars. Gave uh, the Western Unforgiven. Do you remember Unforgiven? Yeah, oh, good yeah. film, really <laughs> good. Academy Award winner. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good old Mick LaSalle gave it two stars. So that's the sort of <laughs> that's the sort of rage he. Good old Mick is I mean, going with. We know what Mick school. likes now. You know, we know what he likes. <laughs> he loves a bit of schmaltz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we ain't got near the schmaltz yet. <laughs> I mean, Mick's. Mick, I'm just looking at the DVD box now. Mick's uh, review hasn't made it onto the box, unfortunately. Instead, they went with uh, a cracking comedy treat, Daily Star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always buy the Daily Star for their their accurate film reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, we mentioned before, James, about the topic of budget. What what budget was this? Have you got any factoids we can feast upon on Hard the topic figures. of like, Yeah. <laughs> right. What do you think the budget of this film is, Rob? 50 mil. 50 mil? Yeah. yeah. 
seems about right, doesn't it? There's a few visual effects and what have yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, generally, like the- it's a fairly basically well shot, competently shot comedy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the budget of this film is $82.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a lot, that, isn't it? That is a lot. I mean, that is a lot. What we were talking about the other the, a film not long ago, and it was like the budget was like 100 mil. Was that Speed, oh, speed Racer? racer. <laughs> like, this, is, this is only 20 mil shy of that like absolute <laughs> orgy for the eyes, and then this is just... Bloody hell. It's shot so in one hour. A fat suit. And, uh... Uh, actually, no, we should probably give the log line of the film at this point. Anyone got the log line? Rob, this is your part. You're doing the Oh, film. this is why. Right, okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, right. A belligerent middle-aged man is given a remote control that will control time, uh, and he uses it for uh, all the wrong means, uh, fast-forwards his life, and uh, begins to regret it. That about right? Yeah. That yeah, pretty much yeah. Excellent. Or is someone also? I can't remember her name. Uh, put very succinctly on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's a wonderful life, but for arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that review as well. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've totally forgot who said that. It's so funny. <laughs> that is a class <laughs> review. Whoever you are. Amazing. Yeah, it's spot on that. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. spot on. Um, so the film opens um, with a stressed out Adam Sandler, <laughs> which seems to be his, you know, an extension of his shtick. Um, someone take over, please. <laughs> so he's doing the Adam Sandler thing, but he's not doing it in an, what I believe is a standard sort of Adam Sandler vehicle now. He's trying to move into that. Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, sort of high concept family comedy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but does not change his approach to it in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. So he's still a complete like idiot adolescent man child. Yeah, who's apparently an architect <laughs> as well. Now, I, I, does an architect take like seven years of training? <laughs> you must take. But then I don't think Adam Sandler is all like will be married to Kate. Beckinsale either. <laughs> I think we can't overlook how much control that Adam Sandler has over these projects. He's the star. He's probably pulling down 20 million a movie minimum. Is that where 20 million um, of the budget of this went? Well, he pro- he probably. produces them, doesn't he, as well? So he obviously... He gets yeah, two he... fees. He's done two bits of work, Rob. Come on now. <laughs> so he picks the directors. I'm sure he picks the writers as well. Um, and he comes up with the idea and then goes, right, lads, you go and do all the hard stuff and then come back and let me know how you're getting on. And I think he has a very close reign on who his uh, love interests are. So we've got Kate Beckinsale in this one. We've had Drew Barrymore three times, Salma Hayek twice, Jennifer Aniston, Jessica Beale, who's married to Justin Timberlake, just for a bit of context <laughs> on how ridiculous that is. What film was Jessica Beale in? Chuck and Larry. Uh, Chuck and Larry. Oh, yes, of course. Of that course. classic. <laughs> Head of its time, James. Head of its time. Uh, Emmanuel Chiriki and uh, Winona Ryder. So, Mr. Deeds, no. yeah. Was oh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Deeds, wasn't she? He sort of reminds me of Ben Stiller's uh, cameo in Extras where he starts bragging about all the nice ladies that he's kissed. <laughs> 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 because he's been in films with them. Similar list as well. Part. I think Ben Stiller's <laughs> yeah. got a similar list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Competing. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, that was obviously now uh, a bit of a bugbear that he... 
him and Beckinsale don't look like a very natural couple, <laughs> do they? You know, especially when you consider that. I mean, I can't. He's mushy with her, but he's not kind to her, is he? Oh, he's horrible. <laughs> he's a horrible person. That's why I don't like this film. Um, I, that's my, that's what I've realised is that he is actually. Not very nice. And there's all. no reason for him to be like that. He's got a perfectly good life. It's like, so he's an architect, right? Which, as we've established, takes seven years of training. Yes. That is a well paid job. Yes. Right? It's not like he's a bin man. I could understand it in that context. You know, or he was like a writer struggling to, to get started or something like that. But. Yeah, so he's not running the company with David Hasselhoff. That's such right? a good point. That's such a good point. But yeah. he's got a good life. Have you seen the size of his house? Yeah. I don't have an ensuite bathroom in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but I get like, if we just sort of fish out a positive, um, <laughs> like, I think the kids are just great in this film. They are. They yeah, are, they're, they're, they're are really, really cute. Yeah, yeah they, they are. Really. They're really sweet. His son, especially, is so sweet. And he's just a lovely little actor. And he's just, he's so nice. And to Sandler's credit, I do. You know, I would give him that, that his exchanges with kids in his films, and especially this one, they're often the funniest bits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Big Daddy and then in Wedding Singer when his, uh, his, his nephews are yeah. really funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where a lot of the jokes come from. It's probably because his level of humour is that of a child. That's what he's <laughs> <laughs> um, But when they get when they do that swimming pool bit and he's trying to get to his kid's swimming pool. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the Asian kid in the pool and he gets the wrong kid. And then he makes that joke he makes that joke about that he's actually his dad and the kid's like, Is that really true? (laughs) (laughs) That was a laugh. I laughed at that bit. That was a good joke. I've laughed at you telling it to me. I didn't (laughs) laugh at it during the film. No, but that's true. There are a number of actual genuine laughs in the film. And that's one of them. Like I love it, you know, like later on. And he's being a horrible child, James, you're shaking your head. I I, I laughed at that bit. I I laughed at it. But I I laughed at when the, the kid came in later, you know, when he's being horrible to some other kids he's like i hate that man <laughs> i enjoyed that we've re- I, I i realize now in suggesting this film um i've made life hard on myself in a little way we've got a job to do to to turn this around yeah, yeah. no but my mind might have changed a bit i think mainly because like you say james fundamentally this is a man who is obsessed so much with upward mobility in his company that he does not see the positives in his life, which are absolutely abundant. Mm, yeah. yeah, and, you know, it's you can say, oh, well, you know, Scrooge is a bad character, but Scrooge is a lonely old man, you know, so mm. it's not the same... It's not the same thing. He has a transformation where he realises that he's wasted his life and he's going to do everything that he can to live the life better now. Whereas this guy is still a young man in his prime. He's literally living the American dream. Yeah, yeah. Which is owning his own home, having a lovely family, having a good job, a very good job, I might add. I mean, does Adam Sandler think that being an architect is not a good job? (laughs) From the amount he whinges, you'd be forgiven for thinking. (laughs) I mean, to ape on the comparison to It's a Wonderful Life again. But, but, Si, you're right, this is the obvious comparison because it's clearly clearly trying to be a modern update, isn't it? Yeah, so It's a Wonderful Life's one of my favourite films. It's in Mm. my top five of all time. I absolutely love it. And when it gets to that point in It's a Wonderful Life where... George Bailey realizes that he's he may as well kill himself and and blah 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 and and he is at that point where Sandler is in this I think where he does have a good life and he doesn't realize it but you've watched 
an hour and a half of him beforehand, sort of starting at the time and knowing his life is good, but then just sort of crumbling as it goes. Sandler is, he hates his life from the off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We don't go on a journey with him to why he hates his life. He just hates it and he comes across as a bitter little shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm not running the company. <laughs> and I like where, where you know, he, he goes to fight those teenagers because they're setting off bangers like yeah. outside. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, behave. They're only just dicking about. Leave them alone. <laughs> and that's what I mean by him, like trying to move into this era of doing like, fam- you know, these four quadrant high concept family comedies. And not changing up the shtick, because that's a joke out of, like, Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. he's a total loose Which he does over and over off. again, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's supposed to be a family man here. He's, like, dangerously unhinged. <laughs> is, he, is he upset with life because his boss is David Hasselhoff, who doesn't seem to give one damn about architecture? I think that David Hasselhoff is the best thing in this film, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not even joking. He knows exactly what type of film he's in, and he knows exactly what sort of character he's supposed to be playing. Yeah. I, think, I think a lot of the plus points are from the support. I think Beckinsale's good. Uh, Hasselhoff's good. Walken's great. Henry Winkler. We'll get to Henry Winkler. He mm. is just mm. heartbreaking in this film, and it's everyone else around Sandler, you know, who sort of try desperately to bring it up, apart from Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this film was released in two thousand and six. Does anyone want to say what Rob Schneider's role in this is, please? Can someone else say it? I think I you should I say can't. it, Rob, because you picked the film. <laughs> Ah, dear. What is the appropriate way of saying this? I don't know how to say it. It it is an extremely dreadful misstep. Um, I mean, it was a misstep. It would be a a tragic misstep now. But 12, 13 years ago, I mean, how this was even thought of is ridiculous. But so um, one of the clients of uh, Hasselhoff's... (laughs) The idea of saying Hasselhoff's architecture firm is ridiculous, but Hasselhoff's... Hasselhoff's architecture firm's main client is uh, an Arab prince um, played by Rob Schneider in prosthetics and makeup. Um, and it is, uh, it's an ugly moment to say the very least. Like Fisher Stevens in shorts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, hang and on a minute. still get shit. <laughs> uh, I, I, I need to like openly sort of admit something though. I didn't notice at the time that was Rob Schneider. Um, but, Honestly, I would not have known that was Rob Schneider if you hadn't have told me, James. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sadly, this tells me one of two things. So either I'm completely naive and oblivious to, like, well, everything, or or Rob Schneider puts in a performance akin to Ben Kingsley in Gandhi. It's the latter, it's the latter, it's the latter, it's the latter, definitely. I must also make a confession. I've only noticed it because I'm a huge Rob Schneider fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it goes for me, like, Rob Schneider's up here and Daniel Day-Lewis is just a little bit of a <laughs> Rob Schneider can play anything. As evidenced by this film. He can play the animal, he can play the hot chick, huge <laughs> big old metal gigolo. There's a brilliant gag in South Park where they go, Rob Schneider is a stapler. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that is so dodgy. That is really dodgy. <laughs> it's so wrong. 2006. Oh, my God. 
Well, let's just get step back to like what was the gross on this? So budget was eighty two mil. Yeah, uh, this made so it's eighty two mil budget. It's two hundred and thirty seven million worldwide. <laughs> Quarter of a billion dollars. I bet two hundred of that was from certain parts of America. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's Adam Sandler, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I think we've looked, we've acknowledged that um, obviously Sandler's turn in this is uh, dare I say use the word repugnant at times. Uh, can we use that? You know, because it is pretty grim. Um, like watching it again, like he swears unnecessarily in his kids' faces an awful lot. He mercilessly bullies that ginger child from next door. Yeah, yeah, hey, He's yeah. an O'Doyle, though. He's an O'Doyle. Oh, no, that yeah, is a nice yeah, reference yeah, yeah. I enjoyed, I like to that, be honest. Like that, yeah, yeah. Was, was it good. Billy Madison? It was, was yeah, yeah. yeah. O'Doyle rules. rules. I thought they were all dead, those O'Doyles. I thought they'd gone off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, the seed had been spread somewhere else, you know. <laughs> anyway, sorry, you know. That's assuming that all the films are connected. Um, Still shouldn't really bully children. Though, <laughs> not really, not really. Uh, um, they did pick an extremely irritating kid to play that role, though, so good on them, you know. Or great acting from the kid. He delivered great acting. I'm sure he's a lovely little fella. Like the postman, he delivered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, we, well, before long we get to a point where Sandler is so hacked off with his life He's got to go. Um, he gets so irritated, and he drives a drone into his own face, and, <laughs> and then he's got to, you know, he's upset with the amount of remote controls he's got, which is a very mid nineties, sorry, mid two thousands obsession. Is that a problem, really? I've never had this problem. No, I think you we, like nowadays. <laughs> I think with a decade advanced on from this point, that we're actually able to differentiate between what all the other plastic slabs in our living rooms do but obviously sandler was was totally He's an architect don't forget that. yeah well he smart guy he is a smart guy yeah, smart yeah. Guy. so he, he, drives, eight years he drives out to, to um the shops to go and buy a new universal remote and um he ends up meeting up with one of the great characters of the 21st century in morty oh yes walking <laughs> oh, i mean like he does kind of phone it in. Ah, he does, yeah. But he phones it in in the most Walken way ever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he just does. He, go, he just goes, ah, I'll come to your set. I'll be Chris Walken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd that he's trying to buy a remote and he goes to like a, a back room of Bed Bath & Beyond and he, 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 he doesn't look like a shop. Doesn't look like a shop at all. No, but he thinks that's where they would that the remotes naturally would be to sell. <laughs> he's an architect. Don't forget. Yes, he's a very smart he's guy. Very smart guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the bit where he's going through the remote with him and he goes, um, press the menu button. And Sandler's like, what do, what do you mean? Do you mean on the remote? And then he goes, uh, <laughs> I can't do a walking bar. I'm going to give it a whirl. <laughs> and he's like, no, the menu on the Red Lobster. Yes, <laughs> on the remote. That's a really good walking. <laughs> that is a great walking. <laughs> Absolute murderous walking. Incredible. Yeah, then I, I, when he did that line, I keeled over laughing <laughs> uh, and then so he gets a remote and then uh, more stuff happens from there I'm going to go with I really liked the design of the remote itself I thought it looked flashy it looked like Sky Q in 2030 <laughs> <laughs> he likes the remote so much that he doesn't realise that it's a different remote on the DVD box no no that's yeah, that is very <laughs> very true very true <laughs> so I'm only pulling you like no it's uh, I, 
you can't really fault the film in terms of the cinematography and the visual effects yeah. are all yeah. absolutely fine. The makeup's great. You know, it's just the content of what's actually happening mm. on the screen that I have the issue with, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I It mean, could have been so much better, I think. It could have been. I, I think, think it's a good concept. Yeah. It's just really poorly executed. I mean, it doesn't do anything adventurous and doesn't do anything new, I guess. But for 2006, you know, the effects are pretty solid. When he's slapping Hasselhoff's face when he pauses him. <laughs> oh, stop Slapping his face please. in the office. Like, it's such a subtle effect, but it's... It is. Very funny yeah. when he slaps his face and it just moves like an inch. Like that, for me, it's was well done. It's really well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. I, no, I, right, uh, can I just... Right, that is the moment of the film where I'm dying. Is that the bit that made you cry? <laughs> uh, <laughs> with delight. Uh, now, uh, this is usually James's job to say, please go and watch the movie if you've not watched it already. Uh, spoiler alert. No, it's not really a spoiler. He pauses... Because so this this remote control gives him the ability to pause and do you know all the buttons you see on a regular remote control he can do with real life if he points it at them or if he presses them or whatever you know so he can mute his dog if it's barking or whatever like that um, his boss is David Hasselhoff he denies him a raise so he pauses Hasselhoff slaps him about the face in that lovely effect and then when he's not done with that because obviously. Hasselhoff thinks he's had a sudden incurrence of a migraine. He hops up on the desk oh. and rips a giant fart in his frozen, <laughs> paused face and then presses play. Hasselhoff has never been better than the moment when he wait, it, when, when play is pressed. And he's like, his lips are like... <laughs> James, get up from your desk. You know, it's one of the funniest things I've I ever seen. I hate myself for laughing at it, to be honest. We all pretend we hate fart jokes, but we all laugh at No, fart no. <laughs> oh, no, farts are hilarious. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, it's the finest form of humour. Don't, there's nothing, there's not better. Not better. It's just where he goes, the- he shouts his assistant. <laughs> Did you shit in my salad? <laughs> Um, it, that, it, it, there's so much to enjoy about that. It's lovely. And then you like, as a kid, like there was a. Do you, do you guys remember when um, you we were kids on telly? There was a program about a, a Bernard's watch, right? Yeah, and he yeah, could, Bernard's yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. And like to me, like watching that, the possibility of stopping or pausing time was just like endless and mind blowing. And the same I felt when years later I watched um, Jesse Bradford in Clock Stoppers. Um, another classic. <laughs> <laughs> Got it on on DVD over here, mate. If you want, if you want that one. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you know, like it's just the the notion that you can stop time, you can do whatever you want with it, and the possibilities are endless. Just so happens that in this instance, Adam Sandler wants to assault people and fight in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And slow down for boobies. So right. Can we just We're in we're in Hasselhoff's office, so it's a good sort of segue to it. Is it's so misogynistic. Oh, it is. Without a doubt, yeah. There are just... It, so Hasselhoff has got these two assistants who are uh, beautiful women, and that's all they're there for. They don't have any lines. They they don't do anything other than walk around in short skirts. One of them nods later on. But the whole architecture firm is populated by Hasselhoff and Adam Sandler. They seem to be the only blokes who work there. And then... Every single other person in that office is a large-breasted, attractive woman, apart from Adam Sandler's assistant, which he seems to, which is obviously another 
thing that he has a problem with. And then they make a hilarious joke later on about her um, having a gender reassignment. Oh, yeah. Again, like, if that was now, fucking hell. Jesus. This film would not get made now. So can we just, can we just like, right, when Sandler decides that he's going to use this to alter his life, this remote control, what does he use this power for? Because as far as I can see, it's just seriously to fast forward bits of his life that he's bored with. He uses it for misogynistic purposes. Um, does he do anything good with this power? No, it's all selfish. It's wholly selfish. The whole yeah, the whole use of it is selfish. Like when like he 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 mutes people. I found it really weird how he didn't clock the power of the remote. Yeah. So he paused Kate Beckinsale when she was having a fight with him, and he didn't notice. <laughs> but then he he turned down the dog, and that's when he noticed the dog was barking at night. He was working through the night. And the dog started barking. He was like, be quiet. So he picks up the remote and turns the dog down. Would anyone do that in real life anyway? No, like, would anyone no, pick no. up a remote to try and turn <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. universal remote handles everything. It doesn't handle your domestic pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just lazy. It's so lazy. And what I found from this is that this script is written by uh, two guys called O'Keefe and uh, Steve Corran. Now, Steve Corran is a, a comedy writer who's written on SNL, Seinfeld, and Veep. So he knows how to write a joke, you would assume, yeah, yeah, based on yeah. his resume. They also wrote Bruce Almighty. And this is like a shitty remake of Bruce Almighty, in which a schlub who's not happy with his life gets the power, godlike powers, in the case yeah. of Bruce Almighty, to be God. And then uses them selfishly, realises that his life was much better without him, and then he has a transcendent effect in, in the third act of the, of the movie. Spoilers. <laughs> but with this with this particular film, he doesn't do anything with it other than skip forward to when he might be getting paid more money. Mm. Such a good point, man. Yeah. Such a good I point. I think the, the first two thirds of the film are problematic. It's got a few good jokes in it. As mm-hmm. we've discussed, I think the yeah um, the James Earl Jones joke. It was a that's good the joke. best joke in the whole film. That is really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's also the joke where he basically tells his dad to suck his dick as well. Which oh, is yeah, yeah. The TikTok yeah. one where he goes like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he just ask the Fonz to come and suck his dick? It's basically, well, yeah. I mean, the, the, his mum and dad are played amazingly. This film by the Fonz and Marge Simpson. Yeah, I think yeah. he's again going back to the support cast. Them two are yeah. brilliant in it. They're so sweet and lovely and wholesome. And Henry Winkler, he's not in it enough, I don't yeah. think. I was surprised. I remembered him being in it more. I think he's in about three or four he's, scenes. He's not it. in it at all. But that's no, how, and I think that's how good it testament to how good he was in it, I think. He yeah, was good in it. He I'll smashes it. Where it's due. He yeah, smashes it to bits. Yeah. I think um, we're talking about all the different angles. Uh, and ways in which this film may or may not have failed in and, and it it has failed in a number of ways one of the things that um i think it didn't fail at and this is that where we look for positivity is its overall message of making the most out of life while it's there but i don't know whether it conveyed it well enough yeah i think you know what i mean it's kind of a case of too little, too late, I think. Because yeah. I do think the third act is really good, if I'm going to be honest. I, it's I, the strongest yeah, yeah. part of the film, definitely. Yeah. Talk about a tone shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like from Dust Till Dawn when the vampires suddenly <laughs> come out. <laughs> as soon as that takes over, 
the the remote takes over. You know, it has a it has a point to it, and the story takes yeah. over. I think because we're not we're not just in Sandler's kiddie mode. That's anymore, exactly what it we? is. You so know, the, the we're like two... we're like actually, there's a drive to it that, that wasn't there before. Yeah. So the first two thirds are Sandler being his immature best, doing the jokes what he thinks are funny. On <laughs> um, this, you know, some land, some don't, blah blah blah. But then the actual story happens in that last. 30 40 minutes yeah yeah and honestly i still think it's really good i think it's still really effective yeah i i agree with you that the last now you've said it like that that the last if you take away all the oh all the times he uses these powers for just horrible means um and all the times that that we have to watch the dog try and hump a duck teddy i mean that's an on that's like he must think that's the funniest joke in the world because that is called back again and again yeah, and again. I can't, again, seven times, mate. Oh, really? I wow, seven, it. seven yeah. times. We we have to Talk watch that. Talk about flogging a dead horse or yeah, yeah. I mean, duck. I is, have to admit, it wasn't funny the first time you saw it, you know. Like, um, and I remember back, you know, back in two thousand and six, I didn't find that one funny either. But you're right, side that the, the, the like that the last forty minutes, um, the film sort of finds its feet and momentum, and we're not really about sort of Sandler the man-child anymore. We're about Sandler a man who's lost his way in life and he's let everything that was good slip away. Mm, yeah. They didn't set him up well enough. They didn't use the first act to set him up as a relatable, nice guy. Yeah. Because if they had, we'd, it would have destroyed us. Well, yeah, because, like, let's be honest, like, it's annoying because I do think... At its core, it's got a really nice message and it's a really wholesome yeah. message. Yeah. And in the end, it does deliver that. But you've been yeah. so offended by what's come before. <laughs> that, so I, honestly, I think this is yeah. the most succinct and accurate an- analysis yeah. of this film going. I think like that we are so numbed by sex and poo jokes f- right the way through and offensive... Uh, misogynistic commentary and stereotypes, <laughs> yeah. So that by the time we get to the point where the central message, which is a really important one, which it, which the film lands, I mean, it smashes this for me, smashes it. But because it's fumbled everything before it, it still hurts and it still makes me cry. And I think you know that is down to Gregson Williams's amazing score, by the way. Yeah, obviously, yeah. and the fun, uh, but and like. The fun. And the fans, of course. Oh, God. I think someone like Robin Williams or Eddie Murphy could have done this. Like, if this was a vehicle for them, like back in the 90s when they were age-appropriate to do mm. to do this sort of family comedy, I think they could have delivered on this sort of concept, to be honest, and they wouldn't have... It's a oh, shtick, yeah. I think, that really jars with the the rest of the film it just doesn't fit at all no it's it, it's weird as well because it's the same director who did the wedding singer and the water boy oh is yeah. it i didn't know oh, is. yeah so it's it, he's in the film by the way he is he's the the doctor at the end isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but, but that comes back to sandler again doesn't it like he's so much more of a huge movie star than he was so the wedding mm. singer and water boy oh, came yeah, out the yeah, same yeah. year 1998 yeah. so they did them back to back by that point, those two are huge hits. Like the Wedding Singer's the real crossover one. The other ones have done well before that, but that's the first like massive, massive hit. Yeah. Um, you know, four quadrant, everybody loves it, men will love it, women love it. It's a great like sort of date movie. Yeah. And then it's he fucking comes brilliant back. wedding singer. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. He's really good, isn't it? I don't think and then he's gone off and he's worked with PT Anderson as well. He's done Punch Drunk Love in the yeah. in the interim. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think I just don't think he can get him under control 
anymore. I don't think he can be directed. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Probably right. Going back to that third act thing, and you know, you've just said James, he was in Punch Drunk Love, where you're like, holy shit, Adam Sandler can act if he mm-hmm. wants. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think there's a 20 minute period where you're like. Fuck, he's good in this. He is good yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah. no, you're yeah, right, man. Is, yeah. You're right. You're I mean, right. it's interspersed with him going, I'm a big fat guy, look at my big fat <laughs> I like the skin flap, though, where he has the heart attack and he wakes up and it's fast-forwarded. <laughs> and uh, he's in the hospital bed and he's lost all his weight again. Oh, and then he, no. He just flaps his belly <laughs> He's having that amazingly sensitive scene with Beckinsale and he ends it by going like blah, 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 with the massive and he's like it's a big Funniest tongue bit. blah 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 Funniest bit I laughed so much <laughs> <laughs> Well go on right give us, give us your funniest bits give us your favourite bits of the film um, um, It's a small one it's a really small one it's really like a, Go for it Go for it uh, when Terry Crews pulls up to him next to him. <laughs> yeah, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. But they're stolen from white chicks. <laughs> what? That same gang's in white chicks. Where is it Terry Crews, Terry Crews as well? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen white chicks. I, I, I haven't. No. I've seen the meme of Terry Crews going, I miss you. <laughs> I love Terry Crews. Terry Crews is fucking brilliant. Terry Crews. You have a golden ticket invitation to be on the prestigious For Your Reconsideration podcast. I was disappointed he muted him, actually. I was like, oh, I want to hear I was enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's watching. Incredible. James, what about you? Favourite bit? Oh, it's probably when he told the fans to suck his dick, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I got I, really I, offended by that, to be honest. I, don't, I, th- I thought it was a bit unnecessary. I thought, like, I oh, thought honestly, I yeah, it was crude. But it was actually quite a well-written bit of wordplay. He's like, it he was, calls it Tic Tac yeah. and like, like yeah, why don't you yeah. come over here and I'll freshen your breath for you, which is like actually quite a good one-liner in terms yeah. of... I mean, I think, it, it could have been delivered would, to a mate rather than his dad. Yeah, like, it would <laughs> be a great one-liner in totally different circumstances, not in this bucket full of crude Adam Sandler movie. Oh, no, well, in which case it fits right in. I did enjoy, in spite of myself, when he's a big fatty and he realises that um, Kate Beckinsale is now married to Samwise Ganja. (laughs) (laughs) He starts Uh, leathering him in the nuts while he's paused. Yeah, yeah, again, another example And then he unpauses him and Samwise Ganja sells that, kicking the balls like... (laughs) Nobody else. Sells it as well as Mick Foley or or Chuck (laughs) Ferrara. There is a scene, you know, when he goes in, he arrives at his um, his office, and like it. In a way, this this tiny little scene broke the fourth wall for me because I thought it was just Sandler in a car by himself with a remote that could do anything. And he changes his skin colour and he's going like, oh, you've got oh, a good God. tan there, buddy. Oh, you've got scurvy. You're on the scurvy <laughs> seed. You know? And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm not Hulk. I'm not. And he gets the Sandler out for a few minutes. <laughs> and just thought, Are we watching him by himself here? Yeah, <laughs> that should be on the cutting room floor. Yeah, it went oh, on for a while, it, especially it, it, the Barney it. bit. I mean, the 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 scurvy <laughs> bit I quite enjoyed, but the, when it goes to Barney, it's like that's not funny. Come I do like yeah. his Barney singing voice, though. Yeah. Again, I've I've had to watch quite a bit of Barney, and he does quite a good version of it. So. I mean, that's his standard, yeah. like Billy Madison. I am the conditioner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at, Swan? <laughs> uh, boys, right. I'm looking at um, all the things we've got to go through here. Um, there's only one thing I don't think we have gone through, which is production design. But I think I think we're good on this, aren't we? As in, it's a good looking movie. It looks it absolutely is. fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, For the sort of film it is, it's it hits all those 
My, there's nothing. It's competently it. made from a production. It standpoint. is. It is. I think, um, like you were saying, the effects are really good. Um, the sets are absolutely grand. There's no worry with any of that. Casting is great. Um, I love Jonah Hill. As Jonah Hill, like. I, Jonah Hill. Is, is that Jonah Hill? Like, I, it is, yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, I was so confused. Has he like, got a prosthetic nose on or something? Yeah, he has. He must yeah. do. It's Jonah Hill, but it's not Jonah Hill. I, d- I didn't know where I was with it. Because I initially was like, okay, oh, that's Jonah Hill. And then he got up and I was like, no, that's not Jonah Hill. And I was like, oh, but did Jonah Hill have a nose job and this is pre-nose job? <laughs> but yeah, I was so confused. But he, so he's, he's, he's one-liner. He's like pre-superbad. Uh, Jonah Hill, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what Jonah Hill looks like these days. His weight goes up and down so frequently. Yeah. I love Jonah Hill. I think he's excellent. He's so good. But even he must have cringed at that stupid Rosie. O'D- How tired is a Rosie O'Donnell fat joke at this stage? How many? Oh, I know. Like, I know. Boring yeah. sitcoms. Know. Have you seen that sort of thing? Get why people say I look like Rosie O'Donnell, Dad. It's like, yeah. ha ha. Yeah, she's. It's like I've seen that in so many different sitcoms. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> so tired. Can, can we just have one more, one just little minute for the the scene, which I think, because um, I've not said, I, I don't think I've said my favourite bit of the film yet, which was mm. um, the scene with uh, Winkler uh, when um, Sandler rewinds to see the, to, oh, to watch the last time he saw his dad, oh, and um, they're in the sort of the office of the architecture firm in the future, and. Um, Sandler comes back and sees his son and his son's now a prominent architect as well. And Winkler shuffles in being in his mid eighties and it's, ah, uh, the whole thing's heartbreaking from start to finish. Yeah. That's the point. It was building up for that in the 10 minutes previous. Yeah. That broke my heart. It really did. When wrinkly Winkler walks. <laughs> <laughs> the wrinkler Winkler. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, but the, um, and, and when, you know, when Morty tells, uh, is it Morty who tells, Sandler, that his um, dad's actually dead, you know, and Sa- yeah. Sandler, Sandler's good. You know, when you were saying, Cy, that there's 20 minutes where Sandler's good, mm. this is in that moment, isn't it? It is. The bit before it with his dog, you sort of see a, a, a bit of that when he finds out his dog's dead and yeah, that's when he gets his comedy out of mourning. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, man. When it comes to, when it comes to finding out his dad's dead, he acts. yeah. And he's good, and he is good, yeah. and you do have to go the you know yeah, yeah, the genuine enough, yeah. sadness in there from that bit where he yeah. finds out he's dead, and then the bit you say, Rob, where he rewinds that bit where he's saying, "I love you, son." Oh, I dear, love you, son. Because and Sandler's in the background, and he just his his face it's 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 great. It is good, and it's like I, it's a really you're good a good bit actor. Yeah, you should really do this more. Stop screaming into the mic and stop making us yeah. have dog having sex with the stuffed toy jokes. Do that. He can do so really much good. better. I think that's what's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah, like, absolutely. He's not trying. No. He's got to such a privileged position where he can put any old crap out and it'll make money at the box office. Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's all he wants to do. He just wants to mess about with his mates. I think he hires all of his mates as writers and yeah. good luck to him. That's absolutely fine. But when you put it out in the sphere, then people are allowed to say that it's a piece of shit if they think it's that. that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, man. But I agree with you. Um, I, I one of the things that happened to me when um I watched this the very first time was uh the tears. I cry. I you know I openly admit I cried at the, when I first watched this because of how much Same. this twenty minutes guilty guilty. <laughs> we kill, this nailed me on the first watch, and then despite everything that happened when I'm watching it, and all the things that I'm watching it with my now 
uh, much more, I'd like to think, mature eyes and, and world outlook, that I still found myself emotionally polaxed by the death of Henry Winkler. And then when Sandler yeah. passes away in the in the rain, I still cried at that. And I've admitted it on a podcast. I did the same. The, the point it was for me when it sort of opened the floodgates was when he tells... When he's looking at himself on autopilot when Winkler's in the office. Oh, yeah, yeah. And his autopilot self just reveals the quarter joke. Oh, it's when awful, he, you know, His yeah. dad... So Henry Winkler, his joke to the kids is he, he bites a quarter um, and takes a chunk off it and then puts it back and the kids are amazed and blah, blah, blah. And he's been doing it for years. And apparently that's a real-life thing, what Henry Winkler does. Yeah, I read that, kids. yeah. Um, and then that moment where autopilot Sandler tells him that he knows all he knew all along the joke and it was rubbish and then that was for me that was just like oh and then you see Winkler's reaction and then he goes okay I'll go I'll go I'm, I'm fine and then because that was the last time he saw him that effectively killed him that was the last thing what he did Ugh. and it killed his dad because he just lost it he was just his face went and I and then from then on for the next 10-15 minutes I was the first time I saw it especially I was full-blown tears crying and, and, uh, how are we crying man a, a Sandler movie like that's this that's my question <laughs> it is genuinely effective it's, it's but, a sucker punch it is a sucker punch but, and it's also a massive testament to Winkler's performance as well and Sandler's let's call it how it is it's a testament to both their performances in that and I think The Sun you know uh, the, the the guy playing The Sun I don't uh, forgive me I don't know who that is the one who but, isn't um, Jonah Hill because Jonah Hill's because the, yeah you see Sandler's son as a child when he's seventeen and then when he's a successful architect yeah. like his dad yeah. and when he's seventeen he's Jonah Hill and he's overweight like his dad at that stage <laughs> and then you see him another ten years later when he's about mid twenties or twenty yeah and he's thin again and he's been working out with his stepdad basically <laughs> the only thing that ruins any of that and that pulls me back into that whole segment of twenty minutes you talk about Sai the whole segment is ended unceremoniously by the fact well, but by the moment when Sandler is dying outside the hospital because he wants to see his son and daughter one more time and his family are all around him the score is swirling the scene is very dramatic and he opts at that moment to give Sean Astin the finger <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I'm pulled out of that drama immediately and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's an Adam Sandler movie and I'm back where I felt like I am he, now. He you know does what I mean? try to reel it in, though, because he does immediately turn it into a you're an okay thing. Kind yeah, but he's, though, it, by that point, he's yeah, bottled yeah. it. It's like he was like, oh, I've been, I've been doing so well, yeah. you know, and then, you know, it put it. It, it, I've had a solid 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, I need to remind the people who I am. Oh, I've got to undercut it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to pay yeah, them I'm bills. I'm a massive you know. idiot. Like, yeah. People will be walking out like, what, genuine emotion? <laughs> I thought I couldn't see that. I'm going, I'm going. You know, <laughs> I'm off, you know. <laughs> that was a question that I was going to ask, actually. Who is this film for? Really good That's point. a good question. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> but if I'm like a, a, an Adam Sandler fan, right, and I don't want to cast aspersions right but you know if i'm if i'm going to see an adam sandler comedy and i'm expecting like this juvenile hijinks and you know un pc humor and, and stuff like that right do i really want to sit through another half an hour whereby he suddenly like discovers that you know where this emotional stuff yeah yeah, yeah. but at the same time i'm not going to take my children to go and watch this well, like... well no because you can't because it's it's like it there's so much bad language and sex jokes in it that you can't yeah. take your kids anywhere. So who's it for? Mm. 
I mean, it's for somebody. It made a shit ton of money, but... (laughs) I may have an answer. So uh, dipping into a review, this is from um, someone... It's a user review, this, from someone called Ray's on Metacritic. Trite, banal, predictable, represents Hollywood movie-making for the masses. If the masses are asses. (laughs) (laughs) So that's who it's for, Jay. I mean, that's just mean on the audience. That's who it's for, And I'm, I'm not going to cast aspersions on the audience. If you like Adam Sandler movies, that's great. And I don't hate the early ones at all. No, I I yeah, 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 They're yeah. classics. Sort of Happy Gilmore, especially, is yeah. it's really funny. It's very funny. Can, can we also get a little bit of love for Bulletproof with one of the Wayans brothers as well? Oh, not, da- I can't um, remember that. Damon Wayans. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Disneyland. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Um, so we've discussed who who the film is for. We don't really know. We <laughs> 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 really understand it. It's to see it. It's a weird mix, isn't it? It's, it's like... odd. Yeah, he's sort of just gone off half-cocked, I think. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't sit right. None of it actually sits right now with me at all. No, no. It makes me feel quite <laughs> ill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, um, I- I've got to be honest. You know, when um, uh, you realise that, you know, spoiler alert, it's all just a dream and he wakes up on that bed in Bed Bath & Beyond, um, I-, I am, because I'm so traumatised by Winkler's death... I'm cheering by this point. This film's got me like, oh, thank God, you know. And when he goes home and sees his family and everything like that, I'm like, the sense of relief, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so glad I don't have to go through that again. You know what I mean? Or do you not know what I mean? (laughs) It's okay if you don't know what I mean. I know what... So that's the intent of the filmmakers, obviously. I can't get on board with it in the same way that that you have, Bob, in the sense that... I can't forget what's preceded it. And I just feel like when we get into the last act of the film that they're just trying to manipulate me and I don't like it and I don't think it's earned at all. And just for Sandler to come up at the end of the film and go, hey, by the way, I can actually act and emote and be an empathetic character that you could actually get on board with. I'm just not, I'm going, no, fuck you, right? I've had to sit through an hour of this nonsense, yeah. right? With you just, <laughs> just doing absolutely nothing with this concept and being just an idiot. And no, I'm not getting on the train, basically. Yeah. But I can understand, I can absolutely understand why why people would. And I imagine, I, you know, we can't ever doubt this. And uh, the director, um, Frank Carici, has worked with Sandler a lot since then. He's done two or three films with him since this one. Yeah. He's in the Adam Sandler business, and I'm sure it's been very profitable for him. Um, maybe that's why he hires the people that he hires yeah. and hires the writers that he hires. Yeah, it's quite well known, isn't it, that Sandler keeps it sort of in the family, as it were, like it's the same sort yeah. of bunch of actors and the same crew. And, yeah. Um, it's a, you know, and, and, and fair know, play I bet to he's him. a great you know, mate. I bet he's him. a lovely fella, and he's a, he's a great mate to have because I bet all these guys are all millionaires now, and you can't really... Knock a bloke who like got his big break. Of course, and brought course. All his uh, if you if you rang me yeah. tonight and said, "Rob, do you want to go for a pint with Adam Sandler?" I'd be like, "Of course, are you joking? Of course, of course, yeah, I, go yeah. for a I pint. might be rich by the <laughs> But no, quote, of course I would. Of course, just I would. Quote, ha- yeah. Happy Gilmore all night. <laughs> <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> Such a good film. Such a good film. Um, oh, happy Gilmore, guys. So we've got to ask the question. I mean. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous for me. Of the, I was the guy who bought this film forward for reconsideration with you guys. So, um, what are we saying? Would you would you suggest this film deserves reconsideration? 
James, go on, you go first. <laughs> I think I'll go first because because uh, obviously, you know, I've made my feelings quite clear. I think I don't hate Adam Sandler, but I think he's done much better work than this. I, I think watching this in 2019, some of it is really, really jarring. And if it wasn't such a stupid movie on the whole, you could find it quite offensive, particularly to um, in terms of the way that it's portrayal of women and ethnic minorities. It's... Uh, it's really, really not not good at all. Yeah. Uh, I would say, uh, rather than watching this film, pick up, if you haven't seen it already, Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson film. It's the same length as this and is a whole lot more interesting. And, nice. and better. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, crucially. Yeah. That was like three years previous to this, wasn't it? Yeah. That one didn't make any money at the box office, so I think that's why we understand why he's gone back to the old formula, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's a shame because that film especially shown that Sandler does have good acting credentials when he can be asked to do it. Yeah, he goes toe-to-toe with Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as we've discussed, the last third of this film is the same. He's, He's really good in the last third of this film. I love that third act. I think the third act is is emotional. It made me cry the second time I watched it, despite what went before it. I cried a lot more the first time, but that was <laughs> in 2006 when things weren't so <laughs> uh, even, <laughs> offensive. Um, it was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. Uh, <laughs> but overall, it's amazing how much can happen in 10 years for a film to become completely tone deaf. Um, Such a good point, mate. You don't want it on your name that you've recommended Click for anyone. (laughs) (laughs) We've touched upon it. The overarching story and the wholesome message of it is really, really good. Mm. And it was just a shame that they didn't put in the legwork for it to pay off as good as it should have done. Um, As much as it made me cry, that was more of a sense because I did not expect that. Yeah. Those sort of... Those sort of gut punches. You know, when his daughter calls Samwise Gamgee dad. Yeah. He sees his mum at the wedding as well, and she's really old and frail. Oh, don't, don't. And she's got lovely Marge's voice. Yeah. Uh, there are some great bits in this. It tries so much to be wholesome, and it would be wholesome if it wasn't so, as I say, tone deaf in the first hour. So, yeah. That's yeah. that's my sort of opinions. I'll also round up this, Rob. Just just uh, sorry to just yeah. go on and on and on. Um, go for it. A really good one liner summed up by a user review on Letterboxd by James C W, who reviewed this film on twenty sixth of May twenty eighteen. So quite a recent watch as well. Uh, I am never ready for the amount of tears I cry when I watch this horrible, horrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) James CW, you are obviously our kind of man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's spot on. It is spot on. Rob, uh, we don't normally do this, but let's ask you the question. Are you putting this up for reconsideration since you picked this up? Well, first thing I'm going to do is um, we usually enjoy doing this podcast together and um, every now and then we have a beer while we do it. I've got a beer in my hand at the moment. James CW, you just hit the nail on the head for me right there. So cheers to you, man. Um, I, I think that I thought when I put my hand up and I said, I won't click to be on it. I thought it was going to be an easy win for me that I was going to try and convince people. <laughs> Maybe not not you, James. <laughs> but, uh, but like, that, have you met me before? <laughs> <laughs> that I was going to 
you know, that there was going to be enough good in this to try and uh, make people see it was worth another go round, or at least to recommend to people to to give it another chance. On watching it again, I was struck immediately by how. So I use the word tone deaf, and I think it's absolutely that's spot it on. Is, that's it's like it's a right, bar yeah. and in. It's a Tony Yaboa bar and in. That it's unbelievable. That <laughs> Tony Yaboa reference that could be <laughs> could be ejected, but that is it's so accurate that it is tone deaf. So if if you take away the misogynism, the the horrible racial undertones, the fact that Sandler's character at times in this is a horrendous man-child. I know he does the man-child thing, but in this he's particularly ghastly. Like screaming in his kids' faces when they're trying to show well, him he has children. In I mean, it's horrendous. Oh, the first it's, time he's played a family it's, man. It's just, it, it's ugly in every sense of the word. Um, and then you, if you were to focus on the other things that are abundant in that last act, the message especially of enjoying life while you have it and focus on the positives in your life, make silver linings out of the negatives that are around you, then, yeah, I would say <laughs> I would say this film deserves another watch. Having said that, I find it hard to recommend it now. I really do, given what we've discussed, just how ugly some of the connotations really are. I think that took me by surprise. I didn't like this when I watched it. On your recommendation, like, <laughs> it totally was because we, we uh-huh. me and you, Rob, watched it, Rob, and we were both like, "Oh, oh my god, yeah. I've never cried so much at a film," which I haven't, and I still haven't since. S- it's still the truth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's still the truth. Um, but I was, I don't remember. I watched it back then. I don't remember it being as tone deaf as it is now. Maybe everyone was just. Why were those jokes okay in 2006? But I don't think they were. No. I just think, I think, no, I, I hate to say it, but I don't think they were. I think we were all a bit less, I hate to use the word sensitive, but I think we were all yeah. a bit less sensitive as a society back then. Yeah. Not necessarily Possibly. sensitive, just aware. I think just aware yeah. of like how, of other people's feelings because, yeah, yeah. You know why that would be offensive to someone. And yeah, guess, no, that, that's exactly right. That's yeah, exactly I guess right. that, that wasn't really at the time. People were offended by it, but no one was listening to the people who were offended by it. Now we sort of are, aren't we? Do you think that's the case? Yeah, yeah. It just makes you think, doesn't it? That um, and there's, there is absolutely space for uh, for offensive and close to the bone comedy. And I don't think any of us on this podcast are are prudes. In any no, no way, no uh, way. I mean, just by way of comparison, the same year. Uh, Borat came out 2006 yeah. and I absolutely love that movie and it's yeah. one of the most politically incorrect films ever made but it, it knows its focus it knows what it's going after and you just mm. get the sense with this that it's just been kind of nasty kind of sleazy lazy and just the jokes are punching down they're not punching up at any point at yeah, all yeah yeah no I agree um, I think what shocked me most on this one was the misogynism I think that's yeah. really what shocked me most was um, that you would use your, you know, your powers in this way um, to really just get one over on your wife and to get one over the opposite sex as much as you could. So much so that one of them had to actually change sex because she was so traumatized. Exactly. Yeah. And um, just a quick note on his daughter as well. So his son goes through a transformation and becomes a successful architect. Uh, as his daughter grows up, she just becomes a pair of breasts, as far as he's concerned. Yeah, yeah. She do- yeah. would get no insight into what her yeah. career is. She's got old. That's and it's, a good it's, point. it's how That's he refers to his own yeah. daughter, isn't it? Yeah. So it's uh, it's oh, kind gosh, of it's kind horrible. of gross, to be honest. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a shame. It, it it could have been so much better. I think it has its moments. 
Um, and it's certainly emotionally affecting as it well. It is. No, it is. It, it, it does knock you for six, I think, just because of what... And that's the kind of thing that a lot of filmmakers would give anything to be able to deliver as well. Mm. That kind of emotional heft. And if, if, if Karachi's doing it with Sandler and a bunch of you know, poo jokes, <laughs> he's smashing it, isn't he? Mm. Dude's smashing it. <laughs> well, he's doing a movie with Steve Coogan next, so let's hope oh, that he's back on for... Oh. <laughs> so... Boys, um, I get the impression unanimously that we're not for your reconsideration. No, and I think it's this is an interesting episode in the sense that we've been once again we've unanimously agreed, but we've decided not yeah. to recommend the film in this instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting in the sense that you know how um, a bit of distance from a film you can actually forget the content of it, and when as the world moves on and you sort of look at things from other people's perspective and maybe become a bit more empathetic and sensitive as you get older, that, you know, it's just some of this stuff, it's just not on. Yeah. It's just not on. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, man. Um, Sai? Yeah, no, I, I echo what James says completely. Yeah. But it is good that, you know, it, it's a good uh, example of how nostalgia is not necessarily a good indicator of what's good or not. And I think, no. it's, it, you know, sometimes it's good to revisit these films and see, you know, for for the better or worse, whether they're worth worth revisiting. Um, yeah, I know. I I'd agree. I think I think like um actually, um I like this because I feel like I'm growing as a person talking about this sort of stuff. You know, like I'm, you know, I'm actually able to learn myself about what I think about this kind of thing. You know, or what's what I don't think is appropriate, or what I don't think I'm comfortable with anymore, or anything like that. But um, and it's good that I've had Adam Sandler as the guide on this process. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to toot our own horn here, but you know, we're doing a very valuable public service. <laughs> I look forward to the New Year's honours list. Yes. Yeah. Three MBEs, please, Lizzie. <laughs> Thank you. If you're not listening, get them done. Harry Kane just got Yeah, one. I know, yeah, yeah. So he does. For a, <laughs> for a <laughs> semi-final. For a semi-final. <laughs> so uh, that's the end of another glorious episode. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the show and tell us what you uh, what you think we're getting wrong or put forward reconsideration options, we'd love to hear them. Um, if you're on Twitter, you can get us for your reconsideration. Uh, letterboxd we're on at reconsiderpod or drop us an email uh, reconsiderpod at gmail uh, also got to ask if you've enjoyed what you've heard why not subscribe and please give us a five star review uh, it doesn't take any time at all and it helps more people discover us thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us next time say goodbye boys bye 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 say goodbye Rob Schneider hubba bubba bubba <laughs> <laughs>